Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Hey, the NFL draft is this week. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one to the Jaguars. The Jets are going to screw up once again and ruin a quarterback in Zach Wilson from BYU. What's everybody else going to do? Are the 49ers going to take Mac Jones? Who knows? What about the NBA? Are you betting on the Lakers to win it again? Are the Clippers going to upstage them? Are the Nets the team from the East? Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. This week, once again, we're sticking with basketball, making our way back up into the San Fernando Valley, and talking with head coach Dave Rabibo from Harvard-Westlake. A former college coach and coach at El Camino Real High School, Dave has been at the helm of the Wolverines program since 2017, where he's compiled a record, according to my math, 98-36. and 36. In 2016, the Wolverines captured the Division I championship, defeating Pasadena. They won the Mission League in 2019 and 20, made it to the Open Division playoffs. Coach Rabibo has had some fantastic players come through his program, most notably Johnny Juzang, Mason Hooks, Cassius Stanley. This year, the team is currently 7-2, 4-0 in the very tough, tough Mission League. They are being led by Truman Gettings and Cameron Thrower. Coach Rabibo was named the City Section Division II Coach of the Year in 2012 and the LA Daily News Coach of the Year in 13. Did I get all that, Coach? You, you got a lot. I, I was actually at, uh, at Harvard Wesley in 2015-16 where we won a state title. That's our first year. I, 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 sometimes I miss a lot of things. A lot of people tell me I missed the boat. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning. Um, you know, where did you attend high school? What sports did you play? And how did you get into coaching? You know, I, uh, I actually went to El Camino Real High School. Um, played as a, a freshman on the varsity team. My first varsity game was at the Simi Valley Tournament against Grant High School and none other than Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> and I'm a freshman on the end of the bench watching him throw lobs to himself off the backboard. And I'm just like, don't put me in. <laughs> you know? I'm like, whoa, what, what's, go, you know, what's going on here? And, and sure enough, you know, I get in there. I hit like two or three threes. Uh, we, we lost by 20 or 30 or whatever. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 it was a, um, it, you know, I, I always yearn something I took basketball as I take most things that I'm passionate about very seriously um, in basketball I always wanted more like I wanted guy I wanted coaches to tell me what I needed to work on I wanted coaches to coach me hard I wanted them to hold me accountable um, and then I wanted them to to correct me you know it, it that that was always my thing uh, I think growing up you know I was always a bigger kid taller um, and and I think uh, sports just naturally came not easy but like I just gravitated to anything, whether it was baseball, football, basketball. Uh, if I could play tennis, I would play tennis with my dad or whoever. Um, so those things were always incredibly exciting for me. And uh, being at El Camino, uh, you know, I always, I always wanted more. In my sophomore year, uh, I was on varsity again. I got, I got an opportunity to start. 
And we had a solid year, you know, junior year, same thing. And by my senior year, I just felt like, hey, you know, I was advised like, hey, if you really want to do something with basketball, maybe you need to think about going somewhere else, you know, where they take it really serious. And I ended up going to Chatsworth uh, for my senior season and played there and, and, and had a really incredible experience. Um, after that, I went to Pierce College, uh, played there for a year. And then I kind of was just like, you know what, maybe basketball is not for me um, playing wise. And so I started to work, uh, I was going to school and I was working for my dad who has a construction company and a, uh, a friend of mine and mentor, uh, Will Burr, who's actually a head coach at Viewpoint, ran a league, a youth league. And he goes, hey, two nights a week during the week, you coach some practices and you coach a couple games every weekend, every Saturday. Yeah, I'll work around your schedule. I'm like, man, I'm done with basketball. Like, leave me alone. I'm working. I'm making money. <laughs> I'm going to school. I'm done. And he was like, come to, I'll see you at practice. And I, I, you know, Will's the kind of guy you don't say no to. So, okay, I go to practice. I loved it. Show up to the next practice. Show up to the next. I'm, at, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Next thing you know, two, three years later, Will gives me a call and says, hey, Russell White got the job at Crespi. Are you interested in being his freshman coach? I think he needs a freshman coach. Yeah, I would love to. So I meet with Russell. We have a great conversation. And I said, hey, you know, uh, I'm in school and I, I coach with Triple Threat and I train kids and this and that and the other. And I'm kind of just grinding my way. I work for my dad. Um, but, you know, if you need me to be the varsity assistant and the freshman coach, I'll do freshman practice at 6 a.m. And I'll be at the varsity practice in the afternoon. Like, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. So you tell me. And we got through the summer and he goes, hey, I want you to be at the varsity also. And so I was a freshman head coach and a varsity assistant. And uh, I remember it was like, I think we were in the fall ball finally. I got through the summer and, I, and we're in the fall ball. And so I, I go to my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, like, you know, I'm having a hard time balancing this. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, coach, he goes, good, because you're not very good at construction. <laughs> this made this a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> so your your dad makes the decision for you, son. You there's that wall didn't stand up. You know the patio cover fell down. Go coach basketball. <laughs> exactly, and you know I I spent a season with Russell. I was his uh, freshman the freshman coach and varsity assistant. Um, I was involved in everything. Um, he he was fantastic in in mentoring me, talking to me, letting me talk to him, um, kind of allowing me to navigate my head coaching while uh, learning from him at the varsity. I remember, you know, I do a practice plan. Then I go to his practice. I take their practice plan. I write my notes on their practice. And I had a, a notebook and I would file everything in these note in my notebooks, my practice plan, varsity practice plan with my notes, go back, go on my computer, put some, put some notes uh, in there as well. And uh, you know, that, that's kind of how everything kind of got going. Um, and then, uh, we got through the we got through the season, and Russell said, "Hey, I'd like you to be the JV coach, and still do the varsity. You know, let's keep it going." I was like, "Great!" So uh, we did. We were going through the summer. Had a great summer. The program was, I think, you know, obviously heading in the right direction under Russell. Um, we had a great uh, uh, chemistry as far as like how we were working together, what he expected of me, what I expected of myself, and uh, you know, sure enough. Uh, we were kind of rolling, and then August came around, and uh, Vinny Orlando and Richard Yee, who were the athletic directors at El Camino Real, gave me a call. And I'm 23 years old, 
And so they call me, hey, uh, we have an opening. Would you want to meet? I said, nope, not interested. And I'm an alum. I know those guys. Right, right. And uh, sure enough, uh, a couple of days later, Dave Fady, who's a principal there, who is one of my dearest friends and mentors, and he was the assistant principal when I was there playing. Um, he would work me out at lunchtime, things like that. So he was a, a, a true mentor and friend. Uh, calls me in. He goes, hey, let's meet for lunch. I go, okay. He goes, let's talk about the job. Okay, whatever you want, you know. <laughs> So we meet and uh, he basically offers me the position, um, says, hey, I'll have your back, but you got to do things right. You got to, this is, this is the process by which you're going to do things and I'll have your back every step of the way. Um, but you got to do it right. And uh, I was incredibly grateful. Um, I, I called Russell and I said, hey, Russell, I don't know what to do. Like, this seems like a great opportunity, but. And Russell's like, hey, I don't want to lose you. We're on to something big. And uh, ultimately, I accepted the position. And Russell was very, um, just just very complimentary and supportive. Um, he, he, he wanted me to pursue what I wanted. He was helpful along the way. Um, and so I remember about a week later after accepting the job, I go to meet everybody at El Camino uh, before school starts. And I go, hey, so, uh, you know, where's the uh, basketball room? Oh, we don't have a basketball room. Uh, we'll take you to the old coach's classroom. Or the classroom. I go, okay. There was one out indoor-outdoor basketball. There was two uniforms. Not sets. Just two uniforms. <laughs> and a broken video, uh, like a, a tape recorder video camera. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I'll tell you what. Um, and, and I, I think people don't really appreciate this, and, and I do, and I think it's what's helped me along my uh, journey here. Um, it's easy to look at what you have now and think, like, that's what it's supposed to be, but it's not. Um, I was the video coordinator. I was the head of fundraising. I was the guy who dealt with all the parents. I was the jersey guy. I was the equipment guy. I was, you know, whatever it was, I, you have to deal with. I, I remember I taught five classes at El Camino. And, or, uh, and after my fifth period, I would go to the gym and sweep and mop the floor because I needed the floor to be right, you know, um, then set up the gym, then take down the gym and, um, you know, you, you do it all and you have to manage it all. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something that I think helped create work ethic and, and appreciation for everything that goes into running anything successful. Right. It's every little detail. Like it mattered to me how the floor felt before practice, let alone games. Um, th those things mattered. And, and I remember just like I would literally finish a class and be running with my stuff <laughs> to the gym. I had to get swept and then I had to get them up a specific way, you know, and I, and I did it. And all the while you got in, in the training room or wherever, you got a load of laundry going because you need the jerseys for the game tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, you know, my time at El Camino was great. Um, I, I uh, Our first year, we were 9-21 and 21 and made the city section playoffs and won our, our, our playoff game. We were 0-10 in league, and I was, I was pretty – we won our playoff game, and I felt good about that, but I was pretty low about where we were. And uh, 
a lot of guys like Will and Russell um, and, and Fady obviously were very supportive and just said, hey, you didn't get a summer with your guys. There was a lot you had to change culturally. It's going to take time. So we returned virtually, graduated two guys, and we returned virtually everybody. The next year we went, you know, 15 and 15, I think, or something like that. Um, and then the next year we won 17 games. And then that next year we got a, a stellar freshman group. Um, Julian Richardson, Evan Wardlow, et cetera, et cetera. And we won, I think, 22 games that year. And then the following year, there were sophomores, 24 games, won a city championship. And then heading into uh, their junior year is where we were 28-2 and two and got in the first open division, uh, the first year of the open division, where we played uh, at modern day against Stanley Johnson. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it, which, was, which was interesting in itself. Um, but, uh, you know, and then uh, after that, um, that season ends. I remember I went to Vegas for the, uh, the final four weekend. And I get a call from Rex Walters saying, hey, I may have a position. Are you interested? I'm like, heck yeah, I'm interested. Like, what's going on, you know? And uh, I'd always dreamt, you know. I get, You know, you could say that those who can't do, you know, coach, right? Like, I couldn't right. so I wanted to coach. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we had had a lot of dialogue along the way. Um and uh, he called me one day uh, in the in the late spring, I think it was like May, and said, "Hey, the position's yours if you want it." And this is my expectations, and let's go to work. And I accepted immediately. Uh, it was incredibly hard to tell that group of seniors that I was leaving, um, but it, it, it was it was my dream, you know. And I was I was incredibly excited to do that. So. Let's go back to that that time at El Camino. Why were you so successful? I mean, you talk about winning nine games, and then every year you guys got a little bit better than a little bit better. What did you do to get those kids to buy into what you were selling? You know, the, the first thing I did was I, I showed up every day ready to work, right? I, I sent a – I felt like I, I created a culture in which – if you weren't working as hard as me, it stood out. Um, and I got our better players to buy into that first. And it, it took some time. And, um, you know, I remember it was my it was my second year. There was a kid named Anthony Montoya who loved the game. And after the first season, he said, Coach, I want to work harder than you. And I know you work hard. And I said, that's great. I said, I'm in. Can you bring teammates with you? Because you working hard. This isn't tennis. This isn't golf. Like, yeah. You you got to bring some guys with you. And he he was like, I got you. And, and we created an environment where the gym, the weight room, pickup, it was accessible. We, we, we made everything accessible all the time. And, I mean, I, there were days I'm there from, from 6.45 to 8, 9, 10 p.m. because our guys wanted to play. Okay, fine. I'm here. Let's go. We'll play. You know? And that was for lower level guys also. Um, I think creating the year round program where we, we go through summer, you get through your fall and then you head in your season and then you have a spring of some sort, you know, where it's, there's no time off, you know, there's, you know, we know there's AAU, we know there's seasonal things, but um, just creating an atmosphere that, that demands that you get better. I think, uh, I think that was huge. Um, 
I think that was huge. And I, and I think kids, you know, they, they, they want to be coached, you know, they want to be held accountable. Um, it's, it's, it's when you don't do it right away, it's, it's hard to turn it on, you know? And, and I think that's a, a, uh, incredibly important, uh, mechanism. It's something I learned from Russell, Russell, you know, being there his first year at Crespi, I got to see a lot, um, kind of see how he was trying to, to change the culture and, and, and get the buy-in and, and get the things that he needed. Um, and I saw the way he worked, you know, and I thought that was, uh, something that was, that was really important. And that was one of the, the major things that I wanted to take with me when I went to El Camino. Then and you go was, to, you go to USF, you, you coach up there and, and a dream come true for a lot of guys. I'm coaching in the college level. What did you take away from that that you brought back to high school? And what did you learn up there? What was the biggest surprise for you when you got up there? Like, wow, I didn't know we had to do this or I didn't know about this. You know, from, from a because I take basketball so seriously and, uh, you know, I was at El Camino my first year. I'm creating scouting reports and film clips and, you know, I, I never I wasn't totally surprised at what we had to do. Um, I think I was surprised at the level, you know, I was surprised at the lack of loyalty, um, in the game collectively, you know, the, the, the unwillingness at times for guys to try and meet their coach and the coach try to meet them where they're at. Right. And this is from talking to programs all around the country, right. Where, Hey, we got this talented kid. We just can't get him to buy in. Okay. Well, what does he want to buy into? Let's get them. Let's and then let's build that and go from there. Um, and, and and the pressure cooker, man. Like, it's win. Yeah. Win now, you know um, that 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 I felt consistently. Um, you know, my first year, uh, we we went through a we had a, a great group coming back with some with some key returners and a couple of great recruits coming in, uh, and that team won twenty three games finished second in the WCC in the regular season and, you know, lost to BYU on a, on a, you know, late second shot here where we, we had, we were up, they make a bucket, we miss a shot um, to go to the, the WCC finals to play Gonzaga. Um, you know, so I, I, from that standpoint of basketball, um, I did learn a lot um, as far in regards to preparation, breakdown, um, um, Develop player relation, player coach relationships. I think was something that was really big. Like when you're in another state with another kid from another state, or you know another city, you guys only got each other. You know, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I'm going to dinner on a Friday night with, you know, a player because hey, the guy needs to talk. Let's talk, man. You know, um, so th those things were really, really cool. Um, but I, I would say that the the pressure cooker that college basketball is the 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 willing, the, the, the do whatever it takes to win kind of mantra is, is something that I was like, whoa, this is big. This is intense. You know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a huge business up there at that level. And, and we all know it. We, we want to think that it's not, but the reality is, is that man, you don't win. You're not making money for the school and the school wants to make money. I don't care what school you are. No, no question. No question. It, it's, it, listen, it's about winning, and, and hey, let's be honest too. It, your school is giving you X amount of dollars to go buy guarantee games. You better go win those games. You can't lose those games, you know. And, and you lose one of those games, and you're like, 
what did we just do? Uh-oh, you know, we got problems. <laughs> yeah, it's like like Appalachian State beating Michigan in Michigan. You're like, no question. oh, oh, we shouldn't have scheduled them. <laughs> <laughs> no question, no question. But I, I'll tell you, uh, my time at USF was great. Um, the, the scouting reporting, seeing the different systems and variations of things that get done at, on both sides was probably the biggest benefit for me, you know. Um, uh, and Rex obviously was a great basketball mind, you know, having played in the NBA, being so close to the Van Gundys, uh, who are obviously incredible basketball minds. Also, uh, I learned I learned a lot from Rex, and that was a that was that was a clinic almost every day. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, throwing some commercials. We pay the bills. Hey, have you heard about all this new CBD stuff? Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're vegan, low in sugar, founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, Paul Rodriguez, because they wanted to create a product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need help with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I recommend you give these a try. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies with the code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. That's buy one, get one free at JustLive.com. Use the code SUPPORT. Uh, back here with Coach Dave Rabibo, Harvard-Westlake. So you come back to high school. Um, you're, you're in the Mission League. And outside of the Trinity League in football, I think the Mission League is probably one of the top basketball leagues in all of California. There's some of the really good coaches in there. The Russell was there. You, there's Cantwell over at uh, Chaminade. Uh, Wilson over at St. Francis. Andrew Moore over at Crespi. I know that there are rivalries. You know, you get the student sections involved. It's close, but... What is the relationship that you guys have with each other? And I'm going to guess there's a lot of, there's a rivalry, you want to win, but there's also a lot of respect. Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing I would say is there's a ton of respect. Uh, throughout this pandemic, I mean, as things were starting to kind of come together, we met once a week as a, as a, a league just to talk and say, hey, where are you guys at? What are you doing? What, where, what are your plans? What's your school doing? And everybody was very open and honest. And, and you know, it, 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 the, the level of respect is is incredible. Um, you know, I mean, top to bottom, this league is so well coached. Every night the teams are prepared. Um, and you have to bring your A game. There's no, like, easy day. Like, oh, it's so-and-so. No. Everybody's coming ready to go. And depending on who you are that season, you're, you're, you're already getting their best shot. Period. So you get your best, you're getting their best shot. Plus, you know, they're going to be really prepared, really well prepared. You know, that's tough. Um, I've enjoyed it. I love the competitive nature. Um, and I would say every single one of us on game day probably has zero desire to talk to one another. <laughs> but after that, we're all really cool and, and, and really respectful of one another in our program. And there's, it's an interesting way that you guys do the league because most leagues will pay, play each other twice, crown a champion. You guys go, you play once. Then you go into the Mission League tournament. What do you like and what do you not like about that setup? I miss the home and home. We're doing it this year because of the uh, the um, pandemic and the, the condensed scheduling. We kind of agreed like, hey, wouldn't we rather have 12 games locked in with 
teams and schools that we know are on the same page as us regarding testing and all that stuff. Um, so that, that was agreed upon. I miss the home and home rivalry, the student section. Um, but you know, to, to a large degree, I don't blame anyone for us shifting to the one time around plus the mission league tournament because them moving the season up, um, and having to get it in getting those 12 games in a short amount of time, I don't think anybody wants to play league games and sacrifice a quality tournament after Christmas, you know? And I don't know if anybody wants to start league games in November, let alone in the first week of December. Uh, we're still trying to figure our teams out. And you're losing quality games. So depending on where your program's at, if you're vying for an open division spot, well, you need to go play some of those open division teams and get those games. Uh, depending on where your school's at, you may need to run an event to make some money for your program. You know, I, I, it, it all varies. So um, I think there's a lot of factors there. Uh, I, I, the Mission League tournament's been really cool. Um, the ultra, like we all play at a neutral site, which is great. Um, it, it's got a little bit of a playoff presence to it. You lose your out yeah. kind of deal, right? So we got a. This a good. It's a good. Um, you know, indicator to where to find out where you're at heading into the playoffs. Um, but you know, listen, man, it's, you're still getting everybody's best shot. I think it's hurt our student sections a little bit, to be honest, not having the home and home because, you know, one year you're going to Notre Dame and Notre Dame's bringing it, but then you don't get them back at your place and your students want to get, no, you know, it's just it, it, that part of it, I think has been interesting, but you know, the, 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 the makeup of it's pretty cool. And, and obviously I love the home and home, but I understand, you know, the dynamics of it all, everything's changing. Right, and it's just different. Yeah, I did. I did the games for uh, NFHS last year at Crespi. That was a lot of fun. There was some good basketball that weekend. Yeah. It was, I mean, with you guys yeah. in Chaminade and St. Francis and Alamany, it was, it was some top yep. notch, top notch playing going on there. How have you changed over the years as as a person, as a coach, and with with the way the game has changed? You, you know. There are, there are, I ask myself this question every season, right? Like, how am I going to get better? Um, and it's kind of the same kind of deal. Like, I expect our players to do the same thing. We have exit meetings. I kind of do the same thing, and I do it with our athletic administration as well. And the, the biggest thing that I look at, I go and rewatch every game from the season uh, in the offseason. And I do that partly because I watch how I handle certain situations. And I'm like, well, this is why we turned the ball over four times in a row. Look at me. I'm, I'm acting like a, you know, so-and-so, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm frantic. Why they, they We're frantic. Um, so I'll revisit those things. And, you know, the biggest thing that I've kind of learned and, and as time has gone on is like, if you're about the right things, the right things tend to happen to you, you know, good things find you and, and, and come your way. If you're chasing it and skipping steps along the way and, making it about you, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. And then your players are going to do the same thing because they feed off of who you are. Um, if you're the coach at practice, that never lets your assistants do anything. And, you know, well, guess what? Your players think they should do the same thing because they're going to follow your lead. You're the leader. Um, you know, so I, I evaluate all those things. And then I, you know, being a dad now too, I, I have a little different perspective. I actually <laughs> told one of our ADs this the other day, you know, during the pandemic, uh, in like February, my wife finally gave me and my little daughter the okay to go to the park. So we go to the park, and she wants to go on the slide. She's two years. She's turning two this week, and uh, 
a little boy's looking at her and he's like, stop looking at me. And Quinn's like, looks at me like, stop looking at me. She's like, I don't even know what he's saying. And he, you know, Quinn's like, I just want to go for the slide. And he goes, stop looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, you better stop. You know, I'm like, you want to stop talking to my daughter. Like, Get your butt kicked right now, little boy. You know? And, and I, and in that moment, I remember going home and telling my wife, I go, I felt that way about a five-year-old telling my daughter, get out of my, imagine what parents feel like when their kid doesn't play, when they're, they don't think he's getting opportunities. I go, I have to really make sure that I'm, I'm like, people can reach me and it's okay. Like to talk to me if you need to talk. Um, but I also have to draw the line in the sand because my, my favorite line, and, and, and I, I read this in a book uh, this this past uh, winter, we're preparing the child for the road, not the road for the child. And that's just the bottom line. You know, it, it's so important to me that, that wh- whenever your son leaves this program, he's a better, stronger person who has handled adversity, who has made his own way and is ready to go in life, you know, to some degree, knowing there'll be more bumps in the road. That, that's a huge thing for me. And I think uh, as time has gone on, I, I, I want to win. I'm very competitive, but I'm not going to sacrifice uh, my sleep, my integrity, um, you know, my family life, our school to win. Well, you've got a two-year-old, so you're sacrificing some sleep, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Oh man, I I've got four of them, and we're we're all done with all that. My youngest is oh. twenty one. It's, but I tell you what, Coach man, enjoy it right now. It is it is the best. It's such a yeah. great time with kids, and and they follow you around at practice. They see you after the game. They don't know whether you won or lost. They just want to hug and and they want to go yes. see daddy. That's it. No, you're 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 so right. That's that's it. She just wants to uh, give me a hug. Dad, basketball. That's it. Yeah. She she sent me a, a little voice note the other day. Said, "I love you, coach." And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's awesome. So, uh, just just yeah, you're 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 right. And I mean, you know what? Uh, to, just to you know, if we're being honest, like this last year, as bad as it was, was a true blessing for me. I got to see my daughter's first steps. I got to be there for my son being born in September, and not. You know, I didn't miss her first birthday. I would have maybe been at an AAU tournament or something, coaching or watching our guy. Who knows, right? Like, I, I, it just, I got to be a dad for a full year um, and see everything and build real strong relationships that I may not have gotten, you know, because I, you know, you, you immerse yourself in your work at times and it, it gets really hard. And I, 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 for everything that was wrong with this past year and all the, the, the grief and, and struggle um, that, that I faced, you know, we all faced it. Um, I always kind of sat back and just said, I need to appreciate this. This, this will never happen again. And it goes by so quickly. No question. Yeah. I, I know you do the whole the AAU coaching, you're coaching, you know, outside of Harvard Westlake. A lot of people think when they watch a basketball game, a lot of the fundamentals have gone away from the game. They've kind of gone the way of the payphone. Um, do you see that? Because when I watch a game, sometimes I'll see a guy dribble the ball up top. He'll drive, you know, you get the defender to help. He'll kick it out. And there's really no movement like back in the day. Is, is that a good thing? Or have you noticed that? It, 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 the game has changed immensely. Um, and, you know, the, the, 
the barometer is obviously the NBA, yeah. right? Um, and and what what we have conversations about and what we talk to our guys about and in our AAU guys is you're not going to the NBA from here. The NBA is a different game. And people don't realize that. Like the ability to throw like one-handed passes and not play off two feet. A, you're talking about the best players in the world who are the biggest and the best. Yeah. And B, you're talking about rules that open the court. They're playing on a bigger court, wider court. They're playing, you know, with an extended three-point line, which opens the key up. And just does so many different things. No defense, defensive three seconds, rules, things like that, right? No zone. Um, all these things factor into your ability to do higher level things. Um, I, I would tell you that we put a premium on the ability to be simple and do the right thing. I mean, every day we're doing some sort of pivoting, passing drills every single day. Um, and, and it's not because I think, hey, we're trying to go old school. It's because anybody, any A, I think it's going to lead to us being more successful. And B, you go to college, how many guys are playing off one foot and throwing one-handed passes and jumping a pass and doing it, – it's two to three swings per possession. It's playing off two feet. It's passing with two hands, rebounding with two hands. It's doing everything as hard as you can do it and as simple as it can be taught. And – that's what that's the reality and why we see thousand to two thousand transfers a year in division one college basketball is because these things aren't being demanded at the at the high school level in my opinion and there are some who do there are, there are some who really do a great job of doing it but there's a lot who don't you know and um and then you know the aau scene is different um and and there are some great programs there are some programs who teach coach who have accountability and there are some that don't and it is what it is right yeah um my, my thing and, and i have these conversations with our families all the time it's you know if if you don't want to be held accountable and you don't want to be coached this isn't the place for you you know and if you think like their aau ball has a place like that's where you can go get better go get better like coach is going to let you do certain things great but be disciplined with the things that got you to this point you know don't lose those things. You can always add. No problem with that. You know, I, I tell our guys in the summertime when we play, we, we just we we don't put any sets in in the summer. We have like two or three base on out of bounds and then like a break and then our basic motion offense. That's it. And it's like, hey, Truman, you want to shoot more threes? Let's go. This is your time, buddy. And now when we get to the fall and you're, you know, not that this is the case with him. I'm just giving it like you're seven of 25 from three. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you know, we're going to, we're going to adjust this now, you know, or you got to get in the gym. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I, I think there's a way to do it. Um, but I think it, it's just about accountability and, you know, it, it may not feel cool to jump, stop and pivot. It may not feel cool to go get a rebound with two hands, but your success rate, if that's what you care about, will be so much higher if you do. Yeah. It, you guys are four and in league right now. You've got a game coming up against Crespi. It, it yep. seems like you've had a pretty easy go of it in league so far, except for that game against Chaminade the other night. You guys are up 29 in the fourth quarter. Yep. They cut it down to seven in six minutes. What are you telling your guys during that timeout? Because they scored 39 points in that quarter. You know, I, I think, um, first of all, anytime you're playing a team as talented as Chaminade, 
anything is possible. Yeah. Right. A- anything is possible. And, and uh, going up, going up in the fourth, I, I was very specific. Hey, let's go. First of three minutes right now. Let's go. Let's win the first three. Uh, and we turned the ball over, turned it over, turned it over. No box out, no box out. We, we watched it the fourth quarter yesterday as a team. Um, and, you know, it, it, it came down to the simplest form of were we, were you, and were we doing our job? And the answer was no. We got complacent. And, hey, up 29, um, feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, it's happened. You know what I mean? This game is is the most humbling, unforgiving game you'll ever play. My minus golf because yeah. golf is <laughs> forgiving. But uh, you know, basketball. I mean, no lead is safe. I, I mean, Colorado State at San Diego State this year down thirty three. Yeah. At halftime, came back and won. So it can happen anywhere. Um, but you know what? What I was proud was things weren't going our way. Um, we were making silly mistakes. We were complacent. Uh, we lacked discipline, but we rebounded. You know, we, 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 we held it together. They made some great plays, you know, a couple calls could have gone either way. Right. And that's how momentum shifts. But I look at the plays leading up to that, where in the first three minutes, we gave up three layups and four offensive rebounds. We were dominating the glass. We were playing incredible defense for three quarters. That's on us, you know? Um, and so, um, I, it was a great learning experience. I, I hate to say that, um, you know, listen, Shamanah is going to be ready for us and they're going to come ready to go the next time we play them, no matter what. But I can tell you, our guys got a little bit of humble pie while feeling really good and playing as, as well as we could play for three quarters. And, and it, not a bad thing for a coach. And what a learning experience for them to say, next time you've got a big lead, you just point to that and go, hey guys, this, there's no lead that's big enough. Unless right. we're up 30 with a minute to go. And then I'm still right. kind of, you know, on the edge of my feet. <laughs> hey, how do you juggle? You've had some great talent over the years. You know, a lot of people know Cassius Stanley and, and Johnny Juzang. How do you juggle coaching those guys versus a guy that's just out on the team that just, you know, he's your bit player. He's the guy that just wants to come out and compete and be a part of something. You know, I, I, I've been really fortunate. Um, they're all great kids. Um, and when you have great kids who have aspirations of playing at the highest levels, um, I think a, they respect you when you work really hard, but B they want to be held accountable and they may act like they don't, but they do. And, uh, I'm tough on our guys. You know, I, I demand the most out of our best players. Our best players have to do more. They have to bring more. They have to be about more constantly. And if it's just about you, it's not going to work. And and that's kind of been the MO. Um, I remember having countless conversations with Johnny um, and, and him just saying, Coach, I want to be held more accountable. I want to be held. If I make defensive mistakes, please, like clip them. Send me this. Send me that. Game ends. It's 12, you know, 30, you know, 1230 a.m. in the morning. And he's texting me watching the game like I was really bad off the ball today, Coach. I was really bad. I, oh man, you know, I'm looking at my phone like, "Will you go to bed?" You crazy. Like, go to bed. You know? I I want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I'm watching the game too, but I just didn't tell him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, they they want to be held accountable, and um, you know, being demanding, but them trusting that you're going to do what's best for them, 
uh, while putting them in position to win and be as competitive as they can be, I think is really important. Um, it's not about them, but there's not a coach in the world who's not going to try to put his more talented players in position to be most successful, right? And I think doing that while demanding something from them is huge. You know, um, I've told our guys for years, like, I'm not going to let you do what you want offensively if you're not doing what we expect defensively. That's that's where it starts. So just know they go hand in hand. If you're here with your offense and your defense is here, until they get caught up, you're not going to do more. Like, that's just, you know, that's the expectation level. That's where we're going. Um, and, you know, we've had great kids who bought in. I mean, to, to, for whatever reason they bought in, I, I do. I, I care about relationships. I care about our guys. Like, it's not like, hey, just that practice I see, I'm texting them, I'm calling them, trying to have lunch with them on campus when I can. Um, because I want them to get to know me. My wife comes with our daughter to practice last year a bunch uh, just because I wanted the guys to see me with, with – as dad, yeah. not as coach, in a right? In a much different light. Much different light, you know. Um, and, and I think that's really important. So we try to do that. Um, we try to have, like, barbecues uh, with the guys and their families, with our coaching staff, because it, it's it's really easy to watch us coach, see us get fired up, see us yell at your kid or whatever the case and say, hey, that's that guy's too mean, yeah. you know. But when you've been around, when you know – sometimes it sheds light and there's, there's a, there's another side and that, that creates a level of uh, ease for a lot of people. I heard somebody say a long time ago, when we're, when we're done, when we're not, you know, yelling at your kid and correcting your kid and coaching your kid, that means we don't care anymore. And Bingo. yeah. So let's, let's get on my kid. Hey, last thing before I let you go. And we talked about yeah. the St. Francis game. I want to ask you five questions. I think you yeah. already answered the first one. I was best player you ever played against. I'm going to think it was probably Gilbert Arenas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I now I best person, best player you've ever seen play in person at any level. You know, Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, I was at the Taft Campbell Hall game and he was splitting double teams and you know, they were on a lot of ball screens and he was splitting them. And one time he went around his back as he split it. And I was just like, I've never, you know, I'm a, you know, my first year at Crespi, I'm watching the game. I'm just like, I was blown away at his ability to make plays. But bigger than that, he guarded Larry Drew the whole game. And he was always, he just always had great demeanor. And I, it wasn't his ability, it, it was his, his demeanor, his character, and his leadership. That blew me away. Uh, most points you ever scored in a game? 34. Okay. Best memory as a player? Best memory as a player. Jeez. Um, you know what? Finishing, uh, you know what? I remember this. I, we were at, I was at Chatsworth. It was our first game of uh, the West Valley League, and Taft was coming to our place, and they were supposed to be really good. We had just lost four guys, two to suspension, two to injuries, <laughs> and we came out and won, and that was actually my high-scoring game where I had 34. Nice. And the thing you're most proud of as a coach? Uh, former players reaching out, inviting me to weddings, checking in, texting me when, when I have my son and my daughter, and 
asking to play golf. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I love that too. Just getting back in touch with kids. It's, it's awesome. Who are now adults who are now parents and stuff. Yep. Yeah. The best, the best. Well, coach, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I, you know, ironically, it's going to be great that I'm going to get to see you guys next week. And you know, the mission league tournament last year was so much fun. Um, but, but thank you for taking the time to do this. It was, it was great. I've, I've watched your program and Melissa's from afar for a long time. You guys both do a great job there and, and thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you. It was awesome. And, and I, anytime, man, happy to do it. All right. That's Dave Rubibo, Harvard Westlake, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's stay cautious out there get these kids back in school full time. And hopefully we get these championships going in the, for some of these seasons. Um, and for the rest of everybody else out there, thanks and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.